If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business, you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. In this episode of The Transition, I sat down with Army veteran and 2015 Miss Veteran of America winner, Carrie Jeter, founder and CEO of Freedom Sisters Media, a media company that champions change for women veterans. Freedom Sisters Media connects women veterans with content, commerce, and community, giving women veterans all the tips, tricks, and tools they need to live a life of purpose beyond the uniform and invite the world into their beautiful collaborations of badass, brave, brilliant, and blessed sisters in service. I met Carrie through Charlinda Scale, CEO of Mutt Sauce, who was featured in episode 12 of The Transition. Carrie and I immediately hit it off, and I knew I had to get her on the platform. As someone in the throes of entrepreneurship, I'm always fascinated by how mothers are able to balance their own entrepreneurial hustle while taking care of their family. Carrie and her husband have eight children, three of which are still at home. So in between running Freedom Sisters magazine, hosting her podcast, and managing the chaos that comes with being a mother of eight, Carrie has a lot to teach us about not making excuses and how to prioritize the important things in life. In this episode, Carrie opens up about her challenges with mental health, the importance of faith in her life, and her plan to build Freedom Sisters Media into the premier platform for women veterans. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, do me a favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review on iTunes and shared this show with other veterans and military spouses in your network. My personal goal is to impact 10,000 veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses, and I can't do it alone. So if you could help us get the word out, I'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that it accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the show. This is your host, Iron Mike Stedman, Marine Corps veteran and voice of the bunker. Today, I'm sitting with Carrie Jeter, founder and CEO of Freedom Sisters Media. Carrie, welcome to the platform. Hey, Mike. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I was butchering my introduction. Usually, I'm like on point, whatever, but I don't know, man. I too much social distancing going on. I'm like, oh my gosh. How do I talk? <laughs> it's all good. So why don't you I take a moment? To work, and you know, we're both in this space where we record and host all the time virtually. So it's all good. I, I appreciate it. How about you take a moment and uh, introduce yourself to the veterans and military spouses that are tuning in today? Yeah, awesome. Well, I am one of each. I'm actually a veteran myself and a, now a veteran spouse. So I served for 12 years in the U.S. Army. Um, I was always guard, but I wore the uniform full time. So whether that was, uh, you know, a dual status technician position or on active duty orders, um, I went from E3 to O3 in six years and uh, served for a total of 12. I left as a senior captain. Um not just in a very untraditional way. I was getting ready to actually go to maneuvers captain's career course and take a command and get promoted to major. And I found out I was pregnant. So um, I decided, you know, 60 hours a week for a baby to be in daycare was just not for me. And so I decided to walk away um, from the military. And uh, the same year that I actually got out of the military, 
was my year that I ran and won for Miss Veteran America. And so that kind of happened simultaneously. And then there was a little bit of a wilderness period, if you will, um, until I started Freedom Sisters Media. And our flagship product was the podcast. And on the podcast, we share the soulful stories of women veterans to help others overcome, heal, and thrive. And then from there, you know, we've expanded our media content and we now have a publication, the Freedom Sisters magazine. And um, I'm a wife. We've been married almost five years. We have eight children all together. I had three, he had three, and we have two littles together. Um, He retired after 26 years in the army and I did 12. So that's us kind of in a nutshell. I have kids from young adults, 21, all the way to two. And, um, you know, back in the hustle of making sure my community is being served well and the world gets to know the amazing things about women veterans. That is amazing. So not only do you have to, you know, take care of your kids, you also got to take care of a husband too, on top of running uh, your platform, which you've built now, which is uh, Freedom Sisters Media. And uh, again, it's always exciting to get great uh, veterans on this platform to kind of share their stories and uh, empower our community. Yeah, he always kind of like, he hates it when I talk about him because like public <laughs> attention is not his thing. But he recently, um, he's an avid hunter. He's a master hunter. And so his retirement plan was to live in a cabin in the woods and hunt all year round. Um, but he has started to create some designs um, for hunters, you know, T-shirts and stuff like that, as well as educate and promote products. So uh, he's catching the entrepreneurial bug a little bit, too. I think seeing how you can really dream anything that you want to do and how there's actually a market for that. And so it's kind of exciting to see um, him also jump in with the entrepreneurial idea as well. Yeah, we got to get him pulled in the bunker lab, start cultivating um, and nurturing that, that entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah. what's interesting with Carrie is Carrie actually reached out to me uh, through uh, Charlinda Scales because, you know, Charlinda was on um, a couple episodes back, uh, the founder of Mutt Sauce. And uh, it was just it was really cool to connect with somebody else in the podcast space. You know, I knew you had uh, hosted a, a podcast, but when I found out you were running a digital magazine, especially in the midst of COVID, I'm thinking like that has to be the ultimate hustle. We got to get her on the show to tell that story. Yeah, it's actually because of COVID that I took that pivot, um, to be honest, in all honesty. And let me just share how I met Charlinda. Uh, she competed the year after I did in Miss Veteran America. And I did, um, this was the last year they did actual talent. Now it's a lip sync competition, which is a lot of fun in itself. But um, my thing was always like theater. I loved theater as a kid. And so I wrote a script and then performed it, right? Original monologue type thing. And she came out with like... Uh, you know, hip hop music, wearing a blue coat, like she was a revolutionary soldier. It was so badass. I was like, I love her. And from that moment, I was like, yes. And then watching her grow as an entrepreneur has been really a lot of fun. So um, her and I just continually like intersect at different places in our life. And she actually was our second cover girl of the Freedom Sisters magazine in February. And um, we did a whole feature on her sharing more about who she is and not just her business, but her as a mom and a veteran and actually still serving in the Air Force. So um, that was a lot of fun. And um, so, yeah, the magazine literally came. My next stop, I thought, was going to be a documentary um, to share the success side. Like I had told you off camera before, like those stories of women veterans are out there in a positive light. It's always I say always, guess I can't use definite terms, but 
a lot of the times it's the exploitation piece, like what happened to them? What's wrong with them? They're this loose cannon, all those things. And that just isn't really, in fact, who we are um, as a collective group. And so to share the positive and the successful side of of stories or women who are championing and change and doing the good work that they still have this call to service. That's the documentary I wanted to do. And, you know, with COVID travel, getting together, being in somebody's space with the camera all the time wasn't uh, practical. And so, you know, off camera, we shut the mic off. We'd still continue to talk with all these women. Um, and they were having problems with funding and networking and marketing and community and how to get their brand and product out there so their services would be used. And um, I was like, oh, well, I have this public affairs experience. I know how to write. I, I'm, I love layout. I have managed teams before. Let's do it. Let's see what this is. So I started like researching, you know, digital product and um, come across this app idea and it's interactive, innovative, very informative, and not only, and it's always on your phone. So if you get the app and you pay for the subscription, you have it forever and always. So it's like this treasure trove of resources month to month. It changes with a little bit of the same structure every month. Um, but you're learning so much about different women, different products, different authors, podcasts for women veterans, different information or benefits that you might not be using as a woman veteran, um, wellness pieces, lifestyle pieces. I mean, we like to shop, we like to work out, we like to eat, um, have a venture and all of that. So all of that's in there in addition to entrepreneurial ideas and innovators and policy and laws and all of the things that matter to our community. And so I did a call to action on LinkedIn and Instagram for writers. And I ended up with 30 writers um, right out the gate of women veterans, we have over 272 years of service collectively with my team. Um, all branches are representative, all race, all uh, demographics. Like we are a very diverse age-wise, sexual orientation-wise. I mean, we got it. And um, so we don't speak from one voice. We definitely have a very collective, um, empowering platform. And uh, these women are showing up month after month, getting mentored. So it's kind of like a beta group. Basically, I'm teaching them how to write in journalism style, how to do headlines, how to do interviews, how to, um, you know, quote people and how to ask for attribution and all those things that matter when you learn how to be a journalist writer in college. Well, we're just teaching them through our company. Um, and it's incredible. It's just been amazing. So that's, yeah, <laughs> it's the ultimate hustle. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Well, I'm excited to learn more about how you uh, just, you know, from growing this from scratch and uh, our listeners, I'm sure they're going to get a lot of value out of it. But before we do that, we got to do a couple of things. First, I need you to take off your armor a bit for us and let our listeners know, you know, what's something you're struggling with either personally or professionally. And the reason we do this is, you know, in the entrepreneurial space, in the age of social media and everything else, it can look like everybody's got it going on all the time. You know, especially the entrepreneurs out there, they're like, look at me. But, you know, one of the powers of this platform is we can get in front of our community and say, hey, this is what it's really like, by the way. You know, I, I had to skip payroll like three months in a row or, you know, uh, I'm still figuring it out. I'm making it up as I go. And so we create this space by having people take off their armor. So it's your turn. Yeah. Yikes. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8. So vulnerability is like my nemesis. But things that I am struggling with, I would honestly say, I think the process, the framework, you know, I'm learning as I go. And so month after month, you know, when we sit down with our writers and our meetings, it's like, okay, I see this giant vision forward, but we got to figure out 
a better process. And each month we're just constantly refining the process. Um, I don't know that we'll ever actually arrive. That's kind of something, you know, in my own faith journey that I've realized, like you never obtain perfection and that's, it's always just progression. And I think when you can realize that and know like, Hey, you're not always going to have all the answers, but there's Google and YouTube and a network that you can find the answers. If, if you're really looking for the right, if you're looking for the real answer and you're willing to adapt and change. And so I think that's where my armor is, is I'm just still in learning mode, even though I am like leading the charge. Um, but to ensure that I don't, I don't have the mindset, like I've already know it all. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, so I think that's where my vulnerability is with the process. And then the other thing is really just mental health. Um, if I could be quite honest, like I have suffered for depression for a really long time. I actually did a very innovative type, um, therapy called transmetic, transmagnetic inter something brain, transcranial magnetic stimulus maybe is what it is. And it was basically like you put this thing on your head and they go doo -doo -doo, and they like rewire the way your brain um, reacts to stressful situations. And, you know, coming from the childhood I did into, you know, the military and then having to deal with some of those situations and circumstances, uh, domestic violence and some other, some other personal tragedies of my own, um, that was transformational, but it's not like I'm completely cured. So I have to be very cognizant of why am I feeling this? Why is this affecting me this way? And realize, um, you know, mental health is very important to pause and to ensure that you're not in overwhelm all the time that, you know, depression really is when you're going uphill all the time and it's stress, stress, stress. Well, eventually the stress is going to cave you. And I think that's the point um, for me. So I just got to be really aware of where I'm at capacity and um, mentally. I appreciate you sharing that. And I'll tell you, you know, I get listeners that reach out to me on LinkedIn and they're like, a lot of people are dealing with their own stuff, you know, so they appreciate when we come on here and kind of talk about this stuff. And I think the mental health piece is really important, especially now, just because of social distancing, you know, it was probably already hard enough for, you know, veterans to kind of be out there in the world getting after it. And now they're, they don't have those in-person gatherings and it's a lot harder to connect with people. And so, um, I, again, I appreciate you, you sharing that. And then back to your point about processes, and this is what I encourage all the entrepreneurs out there. I think when you first get in the game, right, you're just trying to stay afloat. You know, it's just like, man, I just got to get this project off the ground, this nonprofit or whatever. And then after you kind of get it, you know, you can tread water a little bit. Then it really does become about the processes. And then you're like, OK, I have to build this. You know, it's like start building a car from scratch, you know, and it's like, what tools do I have? How do I put this thing together? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, is this right? Are we doing this right? No one's really kind of standing over your shoulder, but you kind of figure it out and you make it happen. I will give a plug for a good book that helps with that. It's called uh, Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, super helpful in terms of like putting together processes and management. So I encourage our listeners out there to, to check that out. And you and you too, Carrie, um, because I know that just kind of tweaking and refining and getting it right. Um, and especially in an environment where things are always changing. Always. <laughs> Yeah. Technology is always changing. Technology. Um, you know, businesses coming up with better ideas. Like right right now I'm using um are we allowed to like name drop the actual yeah, programs we name, use? Name drop. So I'm using Google Workspace, right? And it it's sufficient enough, but I'm looking at like Microsoft Teams and how much more you could kind of niche down 
um, with them, but I would love for Microsoft to sponsor me, of course. And so we could really like share with the veteran community, like how awesome the Microsoft Teams is or, you know, compared to Google um, and things like that. But um, yeah, right now that's all we're using. So it's kind of like trust, but verify. And really the women who came onto my team, I had to have them sign non-disclosure statements. So if any of them leave, they can't take the product and, and run with it. Um, that the very beginning, it was like all the terms and words and things that we were going to be doing, like not to talk about. So, I mean, you have to have a certain level of protection in even being transparent. Um, and then we went into letters of agreement. So like, this is what I can expect of you. And this is what you can expect of me. And obviously, if it's not good, like, um, as a leader, I was like, look, if you guys love this, or if it's not working out for you, I just need you to give me a two week notice kind of thing, you know, like finish that month out and then no hard feelings and all of that. But, you know, everyone's just really collectively coming together and they believe in the power of story. And that was the buy in, like, um, for the most part. So, and obviously the skill set, a lot of them are like, I would love to learn that. But out of teaching this first cohort, if you will, of writers, I've realized like, I need to do a writing seminar because there are a lot of women who are reaching out to me week after week asking to be writers for the magazine. And I'm like, well, for this year, the editorial calendars filled because I did not want to have any gaps. Like I wanted all the answers as many as possible to ensure the success that this could be a full year of completion. Um, and so now, you know, with, with more interest, I got to figure out, well, what's next. And I think that is definitely one of the programs um, that I would like to do moving forward is a writing seminar to, to teach other women veterans and military spouses, um, specifically, obviously that's my niche, um, how to become writers in this space. That's great. I got to see your annual and quarterly goals. You know, that's what I tell the listeners on here, set those goals and then start to work your way back. And then that's how you uh, accomplish them. So before we do, you know, do pull back the layers a little bit more on your story, we got to give a shout out to what brought us here today. And that's Bunker Labs, which is a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transitioning service members want to start a business. They need places inside their community. Where they can connect with the people, resources, and support they need. We're here for them. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Be sure to also register at Bunker Online, our social network for the military connected community, where Bunker Labs staff helps make connections to increase your opportunity. You can register today by clicking the connection button at bunkerlabs.org. And let me tell you about all these different groups and programs and stuff, even on LinkedIn, Carrie, you know, our ability to support each other. You know, I come across, you know, business leaders all the time and they're like, hey, I'm looking for, uh, you know, uh, virtual assistance and I'll tag, you know, Organized Q or somebody. Hey, Gabby, uh, the CEO of Organized Q, go check this out. Or, hey, we're looking for stories from uh, veterans, female veterans. Hey, I tag Carrie. You know, and it's just this idea of bringing people together. And one of the things I want to talk about, Carrie, about while we're on here, you kind of, this is your first time really just kind of getting pulled into the Bunker Lab ecosystem from what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I want to say I heard about Bunker Labs, but I thought it was like a rental space. So a long time ago, I thought it was like, oh, we have offices, Bunker Lab, like sublets, offices. And this is probably, I want to say like 2016, 17 or something like that. 
And I wasn't even looking for like entrepreneurial or even really to work at that point. You know, I thought it was going to be army forever, but anyway, so that was like, I think my first knowing of bunker labs. And then I looked for a DJ on another, on a Facebook group that I'm on for our launch party for the magazine. And, uh, Dave Berlin was like, Hey, I'll totally do that for you. So we talked offline and made it happen. And he's like, is it weird that it's, I'm a dude and like your whole thing is, you know, women. And I'm like, absolutely not. Cause uh, my husband will be there helping, you know, with the giveaways and with, ev with everything else. And so like the, the response, he even asked me that question recently. Like, do I have any like negative feedback from like our brothers in arms? And absolutely not. I haven't ran into that yet. Um, I don't know if it's my personality. I don't know if it's, you know, whatever, but I haven't had any pushback. Like I show up like you guys are my allies, um, even though I'm serving the underserved demographic of our veteran community. Um, but there's so much to gain from each other. Um, Nick Valentine and I do work together with combat boxes and, and, and to media stuff exchange of that nature. And so, um, so what Dave Berlin and Renee Bob um, were my first two, connections with bunker lab and then they had said something about veterans and residents i went and i looked it was already full for this year and so then i took all their online classes like i just listened to all of them um and that's just as far as i've gone and now i feel like okay well i just keep hearing you know this intersectionality of people who are doing good things and how bunker labs is somehow a part of their story um whether it's you charlinda dave renee um and folks like that so kind of excited to see what Bunker Labs has to offer outside of what I've already experienced. Um, but I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's it really is a great community. And you know, it's why I come back and even do this show is just to be a part and help, you know, connect other veterans such as yourself. Um, there's just tons of resources, especially when we're out here kind of fighting a good fight. You know, it's one of those things of like, man, you got these organizations that actually built around like entrepreneurship, because I know for so long, you know, we love our older legacy organizations, you know, the American Legion and all this different stuff. But, you know, if you're a millennial, you know, entrepreneur, are we millennials or are we too old? Uh, I think under 40 is millennial. Okay. I think we're all right. So we're millennials. I'm millennial because I'm 37. All right, all right. I'm 33. So we're millennials. But, you know, <laughs> having a place that kind of cultivates the kind of entrepreneurial spirit. And that's what we try to create here. And we just connect with great people like yourself. So, I'm interested in Freedom Sisters Media, but talk to us about your transition from the military into entrepreneurship. Like, how did this process happen? I know you hit on it uh, at a high level in the beginning, but let's uh, let's take it back to, you know, I'm leaving the military and I have these aspirations. Don't really know what I want to do next to now running your own company. Yeah. I mean, even when I left the military, it was funny. Um, you know, I was I had like the tag, which is the adjutant general. Uh, come down and talk to me and like, are you sure, Carrie, that you want to leave? And we we had the same last name at the time. My married name's Jeter. So that was not my name. And so everyone used to call him my uncle because we had the same last name. But he was like, are you sure? And then I had a full bird colonel. And he was like, uh, Carrie, like, are you sure? Like, you just ran OCS and it was amazing and all these things. And, you know, we can't be great without you. And I was like, no, you can. You're a big will. Like, this is a big engine that's going to keep on going down the road, whether I'm here or not. And I said, but I could be great outside of the army too. Like I don't have to be in the army to be great. And I didn't say that like, like to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I really believe like, um, you know, in a higher power, I really believe that God has created each of us for it, for this, such a time as this. And um, I really do believe that. And so I was like, you know, wherever he's leading me next, like I'm going to follow out, follow that out. 
and that I had just come from like a real deep walk of obedience. That is why I commuted for Miss Better America. I actually um, commute, co competed twice. Um, 2013, I took second runner up and then I took a year off and then um, I came back in 2015 and pressed hard, just walked in obedience, walked humbly and see where it led me and, uh, you know, it led to the crown, it led to networking, it led to understanding the plight of homelessness among female veterans, um, understanding the hardships, the unique challenges that um, my sisters were facing um, and all of that. And so in that season, I realized like I wanted to serve this community. I just didn't know what it was. And then even going further back in my story, I've always been very curious. I've always been very curious about the neighbors, what's their story, how many kids do they have, and just like gathering information about the world around me. And then like sharing it like oh my gosh and not in a gossipy way but like in a really cool way like this lady my neighbor is a doctor like i had no idea i mean we were poor i had no idea that we lived in kind of a weird area like there was rich on this side and then the poor like ghetto right in the middle and then up the hill i'm from boise idaho so the warm springs east uh foothills like that's the area we lived in like the poor area in between the two and so like to hear my doc my neighbor was a doctor like three blocks away it was just crazy. But anyway, so like that's possible. So I've always just been very inquisitive about the world around me and people's stories. And then had the opportunity in uniform to be a PAO, which is public affairs officer and digging, like finding really cool stories within my own unit and things of that nature. And so then I leave the army and everything kind of just goes silent. And I literally was home, which I was getting stir crazy because I'm, a, I've always been a hustler. I always have, um, strive to leave something better than I found it or strive to like, just be better. I'm the first to go to college in my family. I'm the first to join the military in my family. You know, I just have always wanted something more. And so when I went home, I mean, I went home, I was a stay at home mom with my now four year old daughter and I didn't work. I didn't have to, um, you know, all of that, but I just kind of felt like I wasn't utilizing my gifts and, and all of that. And so out of really kind of a mental breakdown, like a sad, like, okay, I know that there's more for me to be doing. What is it? Crying in the bathtub, you know, at the end of the night and going to bed and just like open hands, open heart, crying out to God and saying, what is next for me? And just please tell me, like, I'm ready. Like, I know I've said it before, I'm ready and I hadn't been ready, but I really feel like I'm ready. What is it? And out of a literal dream, and this might be crazy town to some people, but in the middle of my dream that night, freedomsisters.com like came across in this conversation, whoever, and I don't always have vivid dreams, but, um, and I woke up and I, I checked my phone and I put it in the system and it was like, freedomsisters.com is available. And I did have to buy it because the domain, you know, domain creators, I think during at the height of the war, there was a lot of freedom. There was a lot of sister. There was a lot of patriotic type domains that people were creating and holding back and then they'll resell. Uh, super smart genius. Um, so I did have to pay for it uh, because it was already created, but nobody had ever used Freedom Sisters. And when I initially think Freedom Sisters, I think like freedom fighters, civil rights, like what? This has never been used. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, we're sisters. It's a, it's a community. I've been a sister from the moment I was born. Um, I only have sisters. And, um, you know, then veterans, female veterans, they're my sisters in arms. And then if you look at it even further, in the Christian faith, like they're my sisters in Christ. And so there was like all this sisters kind of milling around in my own life. And so out of that dream, 
four months later, I took the leap, <laughs> didn't take it right away, and decided to share the stories like on a podcast. I could talk to people. I can interview them. That's the easiest and quickest because blogging, I'll just be honest, is like not my favorite thing. Um, and I, that's not the route I wanted to go. So I thought audio would be perfect um, so they could hear you know, the deflection of the voice and all of that um, of their stories. And so that is a really long ass answer to your question, but that is the deeper reason why I'm doing what I'm doing or how I got here. That's great. And it's funny, y'all don't know in the pre-show, we were talking about how hard podcasting is. You know, people think it's easy for us to get up here and just do these recordings, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on. We had to deal with audio issues, camera issues before we started. And uh, I love how you're, you took the next step though. That's the big thing. You know, people have these ideas. Oh man, I want to do that. Or, you know, when you're in the military, they're like, yeah, man, I'm going to move back and open a bar with my boys. And people never kind of take that first step. So just getting some momentum going and to make it real. And from there, it seems like, you know, Freedom Sisters has evolved from just this, you know, podcast of sharing stories that you're, you know, you're building out a, a business model around it. And can you talk to us about, you know, your business model and how you're able to monetize the stuff you do? Yeah. So, um, hmm. so I do get sponsorships for the podcast from time to time. Um, I've got a big one coming up. I'm actually, I'm trying to get the women's memorial to sponsor marches, which is living legacy of women warriors. And I mean, I'm talking with the world war two all the way through post nine 11. So it's definitely historical. So I'm trying to get them to sponsor that. So that's one way I monetize. Um, I definitely have everything I do touches media somehow. I'm not necessarily a content creator for other companies. I can coach or kind of give you an idea of what maybe you should do, but I'm not, I'm not going to be creating the actual posts for social media for those companies. Um, I do communications planning and like if you both internal and external audiences, like what is the key messages? What do you want people when they think of Iron Mike, what do you want them to think of? Right. And so uh, I help them kind of develop their top three key messages and then how their product or whatever nestles up into that. And so media consultation, communications consultations, I do those. Um, I have a for profit, a nonprofit, and uh, a pro bono kind of clientele going on right now. Um, I do another way I monetize is I write for media. And what that does for me is it brings, it opens up my audience. They learn about who I am. And then that brings them into the fold with, with a magazine and stuff like that. Um, another, another way for monetization is obviously the subscription is a paid subscription. Um, it's literally less than $30 an annual subscription fee. Um, and that's an investment really in yourself. Um, but out of that, um, you know, there is some paid ad space that goes into the magazine and things like that. Um, so that's really how I'm monetizing at this point. Um, but I also am a social enterprise. So each month there's a nonprofit in the magazine and a portion of the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds go to that nonprofit during that month that they're featured. So um, giving back to the community and building up some mo money for other people is really important to me as well. Um, and then all my writers have an opportunity. How I'm paying my writers is basically kind of an affiliate style model. Um, they all have their own link. I don't do that for anybody else. If somebody wanted to be a brand ambassador, um, the answer would be no at this point. I don't I do not do that per se. But if you're a writer, um, you're able to monetize by sales, uh, selling the subscriptions through your link. And so 
Um, that's another way um, that I felt was fair because they're getting a lot uh, from me. They're getting a lot of information and a lot of mentorship and a lot of um, resume building. And so that was kind of the payoff, the, you know, the give and take for both sides. So um, that's really kind of my business model as far as monetizing things. Um, so I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's working-ish. You know, it's working. We're growing. Um, what I can tell you is January... January sells, right? Even though it was like a free, the first subscription, the first issue is free for everybody always. And eventually I'll probably throw in another one as we grow. But um, January is free for all. And I had, so I had sales in January though, even though there was a free subscription. The first week in February, when I pushed the second issue, we had already made as much from the whole month of January in that first week of February. So it's really just like continuing to build that traction and circulation for me is like the number one thing because not only will we get the monetization through the marketing we're doing, but the higher the circulation is in the app store, then they're finding us in the app store already too. And even cooler, like Freedom Sisters, there is no other, when you type freedom and then you type S, and then you type SI, like we are the only SI, whatever. So that's kind of fun too. So if people accidentally typo or whatever, uh, Freedom Sisters app is going to be up there. So that's that's how we're monetizing. Um, and moving forward, we'll see what else changes with that. I don't know. That's a heck of a story. Uh, and, you know, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking out loud too. I'm like, she still has a wife. I mean, she still has uh, eight kids and a husband. Right. So I'm curious about like how you're able to manage all of this with your family. But first, I also want to know, of you know, tell our listeners how you were able to get this app done. You know, because a lot of times when I hear apps, I'm thinking like you got to go out and raise a bunch of money. You've got to do all this or are you bootstrapping. I mean, how did you bring this to life? Um, I definitely hired out for the app. Um, I got a developer. I, well, that's not my thing. Um, and I actually have had the app whatever. There was a huge hiccup in February as well. And I was stressed out. I'm like, oh my goodness, nobody's going to want to read this magazine if they can't even get the magazine. So they had to rebuild the whole thing actually. And, uh, oh, talk about eight days of stress and, um, it's all good now. And they had to change a few things. So they even now have a login and log out. So if you do, if it does fall apart, you just log back in and everything's restored. They didn't have that feature before. So, um, I definitely had to pay for that. Um, I have a, I, I, it's funny, my investor, my husband, um, you know, he's retired and he's got retirement money coming in and stuff. And so, um, I'm still working full time. So we are blessed in our, in our household. And so we were able to fund it's self-funded everything to this date, um, has all been out of our own pocket. And literally I take $500 of my own personal paycheck every two weeks and dump it into, uh, the account so that I can pay my virtual assistant, that I can pay my managing editor, that I can pay the commission sales of my, um, my writers and stuff like that, that I can pay for, uh, trainings that I need, you know, buy new mics and things of that nature. So, I mean, it all still is very self-funded. Um, so, so yeah, that's how I did it. Um, and definitely the app development, I'm not a techie, so I'm telling you, bootstrapping, the way to go, the way you're doing it, you know, that I'm a fan of that, this idea of, you know, kind of building out the product or your service or your business first while you're working full time. You know, the best kind of venture capital is an employee, to be honest, uh, is not an employee, it's a customer. 
you know, someone who's willing to, to pay for that product or service um, and then build from there and make it happen organically. And so I applaud you for, for doing that on top of everything else you've got going on. So let me ask you this, um, the family situation, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to us about, you know, what does your day to day look like between, you know, running all this stuff? Um, well, I will have to say one of my strong suits is definitely time management. Um, so that is, thank goodness, because I don't know how else I actually would be able to do it. Um, so I have three kids that live at home. The rest of them are all adults. And I raised my five. So I had, um, you know, my older kids are 21 and 18 now. One's wanting to go into the Air Force. The other's an artist and works at Starbucks and is he's cool. He, um, he, he does some of my art. He actually, I tried getting him to do one of my logos and he goes, I think you would be better if you'd learn how to do it yourself. I'm like, I got it. Okay. Thanks. So then I was pushing back to him like, Hey, give me some tips. Um, so my Shiro talk logo, I actually wanted him to do it and he didn't, he made me do it and he gave me feedback. So that was nice. But, um, you know, so I have three kids at home. I have a 15 year old. Well, she will be next week from the time of this recording and then the four-year-old and two-year-old. And my husband is a stay-at-home dad now. And um, it just works for us for now. Um, but, you know, I come home. So he cleans and he takes care of the kids all day. And I don't do laundry. Like, that's always been my, I hate laundry. And he doesn't mind doing it. So he does the laundry. Uh, very, you know, non-traditional roles, um, even though he's like, he was an all-army boxer. He's an MMA fighter, like a hunter. He's like the manliest man ever, but he is just a good family man too. Um, so he's like the whole deal, meal deal. But, um, you know, when I get home, I cook dinner most nights and I don't do dishes anymore. I mean, I do sometimes, but that's what the teenager is for. And, um, you know, so then it's like spend some time with the kids, watch a show with them, play with them. I usually do bath time and stuff like that with the littles. And then um, they go to bed and it's our time or he'll sit and do his designs with his laptop and I'll sit, you know, in the mom chair and doing my stuff. And we just kind of are making it work. There was a little bit like at the end of every month is the busiest because that's layout. It's final edit. It's, you know, getting it all uploaded and converted into HTML and then linking it all. So it works as that interactive, you know um, platform. And so it's just, it's nonstop. I get up at five and I go to bed probably on a nightly basis by 11. Um, but on production week, sometimes I'm up to 1am. Um, and then I generally get one day, maybe I'd say probably three days a week, a weekend. So a month, I guess. So I'll get three Saturdays or three Sundays of uninterrupted time to do, all the planning, my social media planning and stuff like that. So um, that's basically how we're managing it. It's pretty chaotic, but brilliant. It's a beautiful mess is what it is. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that you're going to write an article or blog for the Transition Podcast telling our listeners, you know, how to manage their time. Because I feel like at this point, you're probably like the SME on uh, time management between your family, your husband and all the business and the nonprofit. Um, let me ask yeah. you this. Yeah. What are your plans? You know, what are you working on post COVID future projects? What we got on the horizon? Uh, well, interesting. So, you know, being in this venturepreneur space, right. I feel like there's this missing, uh, launch pad, if you will, for, for women to say, Hey, this is what entrepreneurial looks ship looks like. These are women who are already doing it. You know, here's the finance thing we're using the, 
the technology we're using. Here's the publisher we use to write our book or whatever the case may be. Um, and I really feel like there's these summits that we could have along with like the TAPS program that is like big sister kind of giving advice and whatever to little sister who's coming up after us. And um, I can, I, I foresee that at like the five biggest posts, you know, Fort Bragg, Fort Sam Houston, um, Fort Carson, JBLM, and then like the DC area. And like having these around the country to where, you know, we set up these summits. Um, I kind of already have the logo and the name already envisioned. We set up these summits and then we have these experts and, uh, and product or whatever to help them succeed and, you know, connect with women who are already doing the things so they can find mentors and stuff. So like pulling in Veterati to be like that mentor expert, pulling in, um, you know, other podcasters, whether it be Annette or Amanda Huffman and saying, you know, this is how your story and storytelling helps. Um, so I see foresee that I really do. Um, I think we're going to do a virtual one first just to see kind of how it goes. Um, and then, like I had mentioned earlier, writing seminars are a definite, like I want to do two a year, have them be a little longer in length, maybe a week long, um, where you come and you spend just like deep dive for a week of all type of journalism and have, you know, bigger publishers, editor in chiefs of different magazines, um, there to kind of help shape and navigate and critique, uh, women who want to write in the journalistic style. So I'm thinking like San Diego and Orlando is like the places like you can do a lot of fun things in those areas as well. Um, and then there's a couple more things that I have that I'll kind of keep, uh, you know, a little protected at this point. But I do feel like there is so I kind of have a beta group going on in the podcasting world with how we can cross promote and and, you know, use each other's downloads and, and data and analytics and stuff and how we can help each other grow our shows and stuff like that. Um, so I do feel um, some kind of a bigger network, um, media network uh, is in the works. Again, I already have bought the domains and I have the, the vision for it, but the inner, the details of it, I guess I'll kind of leave for, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but just leave for the imagination. Love it. The sky is the limit. You know, how can our community support you? How can we help you? You know, like I said, my biggest thing is circulation. Like I just need to get people to know that we exist. Um, and I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. Cause again, it is 30 of us writing and, and so many people are coming to us. Like we want to get in, we heard about you and we want to get into this magazine. And um, so I, I need the world to see it. Right. And so um, it's a, it's an amazing product and I'd be happy to share with your people like another free, a bonus issue or whatever. And we do talk about benefits for women veterans, but guess what? The same benefits we can use, men can use. So, um, you know, there's so much information out there. And that was one of the things it's like all this talk about resource, resource, resource. Well, give me the actual tool. Like, how do I do this? And that was kind of the idea too, is like, you know, you go, they're like, go to this website, or I heard this and well, we're diving deeper and we're telling you how to use X, Y, and Z in that certain article, you know, it's called inform her or benefit her. Um, and we did a, a few play on words with that because we really want the women who are reading our magazine or who are struggling through their business or trying to navigate that transitional path. Um, or even if, 
I mean, we're constantly transitioning. So it's not just a one and done ordeal. It's like a continual cycle. And so we really want to empower them to keep going forward. And, you know, by reading our magazine, um, there is that constant resource. It's not just some aloof idea out here somewhere that you got to go figure out. Um, so that was the other idea behind it too, is connection and commerce. And really, I mean, Mike, there's 383,000 women veteran owned businesses in the United States. The There's like 295% growth from women who are leaving the military and starting businesses since 2010. It's crazy. There is obviously a need for it, but we need that bridge, which I feel like as Freedom Sisters Media, who is the only media company that's doing what we're doing, you know, to be that bridge between business and the consumer. Um, and so that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's, that's it. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be following you and tagging you on LinkedIn after, you know, after this interview, but I want to, before we let you go, you know, we have tons of listeners viewing in from all over the country, all over the world, you know, aspiring, uh, entrepreneurs, what words of encouragement would you like to leave them with? May it fail up. And, and when you, when you figure out the path, you know, and you have, a really strong idea and it's moving forward and you're seeing the doors open, like bring up people with you like that to me, the collaboration and that cross promotion stuff that we have been doing. It's like, there is so much room at the table. Like you don't have to like, you know, hide food in your purse and, you know, protect your plate from others because there's so much room at the table and like, for instance, I, I've used this before. Amanda Huffman, airman to mom, right? She has a podcast called Women of the Military. We talk to the same people. We talk, not always, like, you know what I mean? Our same same audience. We're talking to women veterans. But her spin is she wants to mentor those who want to join the military. And my spin is we talk about the healing piece of our story and and how we're walking out that success, regardless of hardships, like hardships to victory, right, is what we talk about. And it's really to build that healing space and the synergy for women veterans. But it's the same women we're talking to, woman, like our avatars the same. And we do have some of the same repeat guests, but we're doing the same thing, but we're making a different impact for a different community, a different target audience. So I really think like, don't be scared, that it looks like you might be doing something similar, but you are the only you and you are the only one that's going to do it that way. That's going to relate to somebody who, who needs to hear your voice. So, so do it, like, just do it. Carrie, thanks for those words of encouragement. And thank you for spending this time with us today. Where can our listeners follow you at? Um, well, freedomsisters.com is a great landing page. Uh, most of our handles on social are freedom sisters media and um yeah and on linkedin i'm carrie jeter just like derek jeter uh last name spelling anyway so that's where you can find me well thanks again for coming on the platform and for our listeners out there do us a favor and subscribe to the transition on itunes spotify or whatever listening service you're using today we'd greatly appreciate if you left us review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information if you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit BunkerLabs.org, select the city nearest to you, and sign up for our local newsletter. From there, attend one of our networking events, whether virtual or in person. It's that simple. 
Be sure to also get connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.